What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? Hi. So you two have not met. No. No, this is the closest we've been. <laughs> yes, honey. Intimate. Okay, well, the people listening know probably an annoying amount about Jeremy and I. But why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? And that'll be fun for our listeners. Something new. That's your intro? Is that bad? <laughs> so my intro is, people know a lot about me, but like, can you tell us about you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, who are you? Um, oh, who, yeah, who are you? Who are you? Me. Yeah, go on. Oh, we're not, ask, we're not asking Jeremy? Oh, we're asking Well, we, uh, Jeremy will tell you who Jeremy is. Jeremy is after you tell, after Jeremy. I tell Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, okay. You're first because you're the guest. So Jeremy, nice to meet you. Um, I'm CJ. My real name is Claude Johnson. I'm real name. From Sh- real name. Real name, honey. Real name. Claude Johnson. No middle name. At all? At all. Okay. I'm named after my dad and he didn't have one and they didn't want to give me one. And Great. So okay. so CJ is the is the nickname for the middle name. And um, from Chicago, Southside, um, I went to Chicago Academy for the Arts, where there's like plethora of great people that are from there. And then after that, I went to SUNY Purchase. Um, ooh, 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 Purchase College, <laughs> Purchase Panther. Jeremy, you went to Purchase? No, yes? Absolutely not. But um, <laughs> I also suspect you did not go to Purchase. You see, with SUNY, what is it? SUNY Purchase? SUNY Purchase, yeah. Um, with Reed, we did <laughs> no, not. No, no. This is, this <laughs> is uh, <laughs> We didn't overlap. We didn't overlap. Not cool. no. I mean, you... you uh... <laughs> almost, almost. Oh, right. yeah, really close. Really close. Really close. Really close. Really close. Really close. You know, mm-hmm. I had a couple gap years, so I just waited. <laughs> you know? No, but I, I started Purchase at, in 2013 and spent four years there. Purchase is amazing. Awesome time of my life. Great friends, great dancing, great, just all the things. And then um, I graduated in 2017. And then... That's um, just the other day, really. You know, you, if I said that to... So I went to Purchase to see the show, and I told one of the students, they were like, when did you graduate? I was like, oh, 2017. They were like, what? That's so long ago. And I'm like, what? Well, if you think they were like 13, you know, like they were little. That, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just hearing that, I'm like, oh, you're you're seeing my age. Um but yeah, graduated in 2017 is the same year as 2007 in my mind. Really? <laughs> like that well, whole decade is just one one time. It's just one I time. I signed something the other day and I wrote 2009. Yeah, I that's just what I mean. Thought, this that is what I'm saying. That's where we are. Interesting. I know it's very random. Wow. <laughs> When I think of 2017, 20, 2007, I think of like Umbrella Rihanna or like. Two, Wait, yeah, 2007 like. Rihanna. That was the summer I moved back to New York because uh-huh. I'd been in ballet companies elsewhere. And my friend Lindsay, her then partner Newport, did this incredible dance at what was then Dixon Place, which was a living room mm. to um, Rihanna's Umbrella no. with a fan. No. And one of the best New York dance experiences I've had. What? I, can't, I, didn't, I mean, I haven't forgotten it, and that was many years ago. Oh, child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love to see. You think there's footage? You think? Unlikely. Unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> this 2007 is about <clears throat> iPhone birth time. Literally, exactly that. Yeah. Very much uh, the iPhone was literally being conceived and out in this world, honey. <laughs> Is that true? Jeremy, when when do you think someone had an iPhone in their hand? Well, I worked at the Apple store when the iPhone came out, coincidentally. Are you kidding? Uh, <laughs> I believe it was the summer of 2006, but wait, it's hard to say. Are you, wait, 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 Jeremy. I worked at the Apple store for about a week. In what city? <laughs> in Palo Alto. Palo no, Alto. where the, you know, the birthplace of... Silicon Valley, essentially. How so. come I don't know this part of your life where you were in California? Because it was a summer, and it was that was it. It was literally wow. just a summer moment. And did you touch an iPhone? I, I did touch an iPhone. Wow! My okay, wow. But I, it was I. I couldn't be as dedicated as I needed to be in that environment, <laughs> and I it was like, uh, "Honey, honey, no." 
No, I, this is not. These people are crazy boots. They're like, what's that guy's Tim? Not Tim Gunn. Yeah, Tim, 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 the guy who runs Apple. Tim Oates, Tim, Timothy Chalamet. Tim Cook, Tim Cook, Tim Cook. Wait, what's the original? Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, Jobs. that's right. I I couldn't do it. People, you know, people were like quoting his autobiography and shit. I was like, I can't. Wow. (laughs) We're both learning about you. Right. But you know what I did know about Jeremy? Is that Jeremy can walk away from things. Mm, mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Oh yeah, you have you know to. What? Like your your family, <laughs> your friends, just keep walking. <laughs> so certainly, fact, Jeremy, certainly your jobs. Just gotta... a quick story. About, we'll get back to CJ in a second. But a quick story about this morning is that the reason I'm late is because on the walk to work, I ran into Brittany, formerly of the Rauschenberg Foundation, and then a performer. Oh wow, Remember, that's but... so amazing she doesn't live and here anymere no Brittany lives in Savannah because yeah. she runs she's a curator or working at the scad museum yeah a place you famously went to school briefly yeah walked away <laughs> she just walked right away <laughs> anyways I told her I'd say hello to you so hello from Brittany you oh, made a lovely I love conversation that. I know Savannah's she's so wonderful. I do have she a fantasy seems to really of, like it of living there for like a semester and teaching have at you been SCAD. To Savannah? never Never. Not even with the with the aim. No, we went to we did go to Atlanta, but we weren't. Uh, we didn't go to Savannah. We were in Georgia. All right. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know that different. I've ever been to Savannah either. Yeah, I don't know. I think you would only go there like on vacation. Is, is Savannah like Spanish moss, or mm-hmm. it's like the beach? Yeah, it is. It is. It's real. It's real magical. Okay. It's a. It's a great place to visit. I would say. I'm imagining it to be like. Um, Char- What's that place in South Carolina that's so beautiful? Charlotte. Charlotte. Is that right? It probably is Charlotte. I haven't been What's, there, but is there another South That's Ca- what I imagine. No, no, that's North Carolina. Oh, sorry. No, you said South Carolina. South oh. Carolina. The place where they have the Spoleto shows in America. Yeah. Oh, I'm an idiot. Anyways, I've been there, and it's the Spanish moss situation just so beautiful. Okay, let's go back to CJ's story. Um, I where, started thinking about letting things go. Um... My favorite line of the year is release your job because Beyonce. So I'm yes. with you on this. Just let things go. Release yes. it. Release your job. Release your release job. Your, yes, absolutely. It. Yeah, I'll get to some releasing of a job very soon <laughs> after we talk about who CJ is. Okay. Um, so I purchased 2017, and then um, after purchase, I joined Kyle Abraham's company right away. Uh, maybe a month after graduating. Did you go to an audition? Wow. Uh, no, oh, this is a story. Uh, me and Kyle have been in contact th- maybe the start of my like junior year of purchase. Like, in contact, what I mean by contact is he came to purchase to make a work. Um, I purchase, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna finally meet this man. I had saw his work, I saw his work in Chicago. I had heard of him, I was really close to Arena Butler because of the Chicago family, and I didn't get in his piece. And I was like, at purchase. purchase. And I was wow. like, oh, this is over. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna stop well, dancing. You know, I could have helped in that situation because to triangulate the story, I lived with Kyle at SUNY Purchase. Ah, yeah. so you could have hooked me up. I could have. Child. I'm sorry. Ugh. Read it. Go on. So, um, so did get in his piece and then um, was really sad about it, but I something told me to stay in contact, so I, I went to his winter intensive and really loved it. Tamisha Cat, they're all leading it. And there he just was like, it's great to see you dancing, is what he said there. And then the following year, my senior year, he introduced the idea of swings into the company, swings and apprentices. And he he was like, ah, we're bringing this into the company. We wanna know if you're interested. We wanna know what you think. We wanna, we're interested in looking at people. And uh, I was like, oh, great. And so it didn't work out just because I was still a senior at Purchase. And then the end of my senior year, he reached out and was like, we're looking for a male dancer. Would you like to come to like a private audition with a bunch of other people? And I was like, absolutely. And so I went to the audition and it was just like great. It was like 10 of the best people ever. Like my roommate was auditioning also. And it was just awesome. 10 invited people. 10 invited people. Wow. Just like really, really, really like great, great people. Awesome people. And then after that audition, he wanted to do a, he wanted, he brought me and another dancer to a residency to spend time with the group. 
And then during that time, we like went to um, what is it? White Oak mm-hmm. conservative uh, controversy. Right. They used to call it plantation or something, but I don't think. What? That, I know. I don't think. Yeah. That that can't be. Maybe I'm wrong, but I you know it's down there. It's down there. It's in it's Florida, down there. and it was yeah. in Florida. Like um, <laughs> the gators were around. The alligators were everywhere. Um, but we uh, went to a residency there, and about the third day into the residency, Kyle offered me a position into the company, and that was 2017. Wait, but were other people were other people there who didn't get invited into the company? Yes. I always yeah. like that part of the story. No! <laughs> no! No, yeah, that, that part. Well, uh, the dancer, the other dancer that was there is an amazing person, amazing dancer. They're working right now on the Michael Jackson uh Broadway and oh, so they have Broadway. money. They got so money. They have money. And they got talent. They yeah, that show's running. Child runner. I, I know. I saw dancing May fourteenth. Last oh, dance. Sh- okay, okay, okay. Wow. <laughs> CJ's breaking news on dance and stuff, which is already broken on you know, <laughs> Dateline. Um, what's that called? Deadline. Dateline's a show about murder. <laughs> this is not about murder. This is just about a Broadway show closing in two weeks. Ugh. Yeah. Jeremy, did you know? Get thee self to the theater. Get you there. That's it. That's it. I love... The best thing is last night, Harriet and I were having dinner, and all the comments under these Instagram posts about dance and ending are just people going, oh no, I had tickets for May 16th. Not two days later. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Harriet was crying reading all the May 16ths. That's so good. So... Now you're in Kyle Abraham. What year? We're in 2017. 2017. I'm 22. And I start. And honestly, like, I was there for five years and it was the best time of my life. I was obsessed with every moment. I loved everything about it. And just this past um, September, I left the company to start my freelance career. Wow. You know, I think, I believe 2017 is when this podcast began. That's true, ah. that's true. And Kyle is a friend in, of this podcast. It took me a while him. to process that 2017 wasn't 2007 there, but I got I got to it. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah. Okay, so, but you really got to be in the Kyle Abraham Dance Company in this, like, wonderful period of time. Yeah. Flourishing. It was, it was a time we, uh... His work pavement was at the end of its touring season, or at the end of its run, basically. And the last place we performed it was at Sadler's Wells. And I and when we performed there, it like clicked. I was like, "Wow, like this is lit! Like we are at we are in London. <laughs> are, are we in uh, Europe? We're like at Sadler's Wells, which yeah. I had never thought would come to my would would never be a part of my life so soon, right out of, out of college. And it was really there. It clicked to me like. I'm a part of something great. Kyle has created something massive. And the group is fun, hilarious, so real, so honest. So everybody's really cohesive and similar, and but also very individual, all, all individuals. So it was a time. And you could have carried on, but you've decided to... I decided to... Um, be poor. <laughs> Basically, child. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, the year before I left, in the last year I was there, I, I knew I was going to possibly step away. So I decided to just save as much as I can for this year. Because uh-huh. I knew, I was like, if I'm really going to do this, I should start saving as much as I can. So, I, so, yeah, for a year I just saved for this whole year period I've been freelancing just to have my rent situated so I don't have to worry about that. To have a little, like, play money. Um, and you yeah. plan on staying in New York? I, I do as of now, yeah. Wow. As of now, yeah. Okay. So I want to, like, move... Uh, Jeremy, I want you to... Do you have any questions about who Did you Jeremy? see this article yes, where you, uh, have to, you have to make $100,000 a year to live in New York, like, survive? I don't believe <laughs> I mean, obviously that's not true because we live. <laughs> Literally. We live, we, we're living. I got $2,000 and I'm living. Oh, <laughs> Those uh, they'll save you. Wow. Um, anyways, Jeremy has been involved in this podcast from the beginning, but was not the host okay. for many years. Okay. And Jack Fervor. Do you right. know Jack Fervor? I don't know him personally, but I've heard of him. And one of my friends did their play, read in their play. Spencer. Read in their play. Yeah, you know Spencer, Spencer, yeah I yeah. saw Spencer dance last night. Oh, my God. 
Uh, Trisha, right? Trisha I'm Brown. Going on Saturday. I'm excited so for it. Jeremy's going on Saturday. So I'm going to meet you. Matinee? Yes. Matinee? Perfect. Perfect. Oh my. I'm going to. I'm going to. Sh- well, I'll probably be there to introduce you. Because uh, I'm going to babysit the dog during the show. Whose dog? Jeremy's dog. Ah, uh, word. Okay. Yes, Jeremy, you got a dog. What type of dog you got? Uh, we have a, a, a little Cairn Terrier. She's a rescue oh, from Korea. Yeah. She's a trauma baby. Yeah, you traveled this dog from Korea to here? Somebody did. Whoa, honey. Yeah, she, she flew her little angel wings across the <laughs> seas to get to yeah. us. Yeah. Jeremy, I can't wait. I'm so curious and what it's going to be like to babysit. Yeah. Should I be scared? No, you shouldn't be scared. Okay, great. There's also possible. I don't know. We're still trying to figure this whole thing out. No, you have to let me babysit. That's what I said, but we're going to... We'll see. Jack yeah. doesn't think I can do it. Well, Jack might... Anyway, this is a this story for another time. Um, okay, great. <laughs> but yes. Great. <clears throat> I'm so excited to see 4MG. Very excited. Anyway. I saw... Yeah. Well, I won't, I won't give anything away because I saw it last night. Great, great. Yeah, mm. and you're seeing it Saturday. Saturday. So we'll talk about Trisha Brown next week. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, Jeremy's an artist. Mm. Where are you from? Where, you, where were you born? Oh, beautiful question. I'm from Minnesota. <laughs> I grew So, you know, not, not far from Chicago, but you grew up in Chicago, which is not like where I grew up, which was a nowhere place. Mm. Um, Jeremy grew up on a farm. I grew up really? on a farm. On an industrial chicken farm, which... Muddy boots. I was thinking about how one might imagine on an industrial farm that maybe you hire people to do things. That was not the case. Uh, you have you have children. That's, that's what you do. <laughs> wow. So wait, Jeremy, at what age do you think you were actually, like, doing tasks right. that would benefit the business? Six. Wow. Okay. What, what kind of tasks? <laughs> Uh, you know, move move this over here, move, you know, whatever. It's really, Are we like, talking, are these chick- chickens for eating or chickens for chickens eggs? Chickens for eggs. Uh, well, that's yeah, kind of yeah. fun. Is that fun? No, it's not. Oh, <laughs> no. who's putting the eggs in the cartons? Uh, a machine. Oh, oh, automated. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, there are 80,000 eggs, essentially, every day. No. Because there are 80,000 birds. 80,000? Yeah. So you're rich. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's what it means. That's what it means. It means you're rich. Uh-huh. Wow. What did your parents do, CJ? Uh, my parents, my dad works for United Airlines, and he's worked there since before I was born, and he's about to retire in a year. To get free flying. What I that? used to, and then 26 came, and insurance Doing what? Gone. Doing what? What was the job? He so he manages a group of them that he like has worked his way up, but right now he manages a group of them that basically puts the bags on the plane and makes sure everybody's in there. He's like the manager of a specific section at uh, the airport in O'Hare, um, great, which is connected to United Airlines. So did um, he? Yes. Did he? Ever, was he always in a job like that that stayed local? Because that always. seems good. Yeah. Always, his whole life, yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. are you the are you the prodigal son? You've run away from home. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I was like, I gotta get out of here, but I will be <laughs> back one day. But I have to. You will? Yeah, to Chicago. Oh my god, yes. That's your place. That is a place I will go back, but not stay forever. Jeremy, <laughs> was Chicago like the big city to you as a child? No, Chicago didn't exist in my mind. Oh, oh. did Minneapolis? Minneapolis exist? just barely existed. Wow. Yeah. Different. Okay. Well, at any rate, Jeremy, anything else you'd like to tell CJ? Yeah. Are you a dancer? <laughs> did you dance? Jeremy, did you dance? No. No, I didn't dance. No. 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 Okay. No. no. Jeremy married into this to this podcast. Ah, I see. <laughs> into on. this little dance world we've um, created for ourselves. Um, well, I think today we're talking about, I've decided what we're talking about okay what are we what are we doing here well cj and i took cunningham a few weeks ago together and cj and i were in that cunningham show together the hundred solo show uh-huh okay great wait cj saw that. were you in this 
the same show together, the New York one? Yeah, yeah. we were in the same one. Yeah. And CJ was in the Kyle Abraham color, which was that green color. Green, yeah. And CJ had the, like, pants and shirt look, which, like, I regret in hindsight. Why? Because you should have been in a unitard. Ugh, I had to let it go and let it be. I said, okay. You needed to get your body <laughs> to the people. Ah, I started eating oatmeal. I was like, I'm going to be in this unitard. I know, but then... here's the thing. <laughs> we needed to, like, kind of, like, create diversion in terms of, like, age... And so, like, ju- to put just old people in pants and a shirt felt rude. Rude yeah. word. So we put, no offense, Kyle Abraham, Kyle in a unitar. And me in the, the period. period. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Switch it up, honey. We switched it up. You looked nice. Yeah. You were, you were I, trying I to take him down emotionally. Yeah, and, and destroy look, his life. to wear pants and a shirt, you get to have a different relationship to your body, and you like aren't worried about your knees, and you just get to feel more grounded. Oh my god, right? that exactly! Like I was like, oh, I actually feel so like free, free. Like I don't feel like I felt very comfortable, and I had a moment at the beginning where I was like, I really want to like wear like one of those tight things. Like I want my body <laughs> to be sculpted. But then after a while, like I was like, oh, this I feel I just felt really comfortable in my costume. I was like, this is I gonna know. be. Perfect. I even got comments from people. After the show being like, why was CJ not in the I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you got comments? Of course. What? The people wanted your body out there. Yeah. Give the people your body. <laughs> I know. Okay, sorry. So that's my big regret. Mm-hmm. But we've since, your body's been out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been, your body's been out there. And then we since dressed CJ for that BAC movie. Oh, yes. The, the motor rover piece that mm-hmm. was... Um, What's that word called? In, not inspired by, but commission. No, um, in it was like in conversation, in conversation with, exactly. with Land Rover. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Yeah, Cunningham stuff. Wow, you're a real Cunningham baby. Did oh, you yeah. know that? I didn't know that. You I, did not. I did not know that. <laughs> I did know that. I was yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Was Hundred Solos your first Cunningham moment? Um, yes. The first time I performed Cunningham was during um the Centennial. And does Kyle's company do any Cunningham anything? Oh, yeah. Class all. Like, it's a good... Uh, when I was there, we did a lot of Cunningham class uh, in the mornings. Mm-hmm. And uh, But besides that, no, we never did any work by Cunningham, but tons of... Right. But, but Kyle also, in the work, he would always bring an influence of curve, a curve and contract in situations. I'm like, yes, Kyle, come on. Right, because Kyle and I had Kathy Kerr at mm, SUNY Purchase, purchase. who is insane. Mm. And she was the scariest teacher one really? could ever have. Yeah, but also one of the most sort of like inspiring because like her body was so extreme and clear mm. in that way that you're like, how is this possible? Mm. And it made you be like, Cunningham is important because mm. she was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you have Stephanie as your teacher? Stephanie was a, a grad student when I was there. Uh, I so she was teaching Graham, but also like getting a degree. Okay. And wow. she was the first class of MFA people at mm. Purchase. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah. Amazing. Um, okay, so the, the, I'm going to sort of ease us into a topic that I'm having trouble kind of like finding language for. <laughs> so last night I was watching Trisha Brown and they, for the first time, did a commissioned work from a new choreographer, someone who used to be in the company named Judith Ruiz Sanchez. And Kyle, at a certain point, several years into AIM, started bringing in kind of uh, lineage or or like choreographers that he has been inspired by and but also now new works Mm -hmm. and so I think for me the question right now is about like how what is the most effective method for these like established choreographer based modern dance companies to like move into the future and like is it through new work or is it through looking to the past or is it just doing Kyle dances or just doing Trisha dances it seems like nobody has really like figured out exactly the right formula but I do have to say that like for me Kyle looking to the past and to the future simultaneously seems to be like has sort of hit a sweet spot that I like felt in his last show anyways that's the topic what do we think that's the topic I didn't I didn't see that coming (laughs) <laughs> well, there'll be another one. There'll be another one just easing us into it. I think that, um, I think it's, 
I really think it's phenomenal that uh, Kyle is doing that, and other companies are trying to do that. One, for the dancer alone, just to ex just to expand their palette. That's all. I'm always rooting for the artists to get as much absorb as much as they can to get those tools because it ultimately will hopefully be benefit your your main um, your main source or your main um, approach movement you do wherever mm -hmm. you're dancing. But it's also really it's really hard and really interesting because it's like uh, don't stray away from your mission. How do you not like not make this another rep company? Right. How do you define like I'm inspired by this? Like Kyle does a really good job. I remember when he when the thought of starting outside choreographers came in, he was trying to figure out how he's going to curate it. He he would say past, present, and future. That is the the model, and it it was so it worked really well because the pe like he brought in BB Miller, and I had no idea who BB was. And then seeing her work, I remember always being like Kyle, like bring in Pina Bausch, like please bring in Pina Bausch. And then I see BB Miller's piece, and I'm like, I'm over here calling for Pina Bausch, and BB is doing stuff that affects me just like Pina Bausch, mm -hmm. Pina Bausch's work. And I'm like, oh, like everything that is over there in Europe is here, first off, and um, and we we can absorb the choreographers that are here. But yeah, it's a tricky, it's tricky, it's a great thing, but it's also like you don't want to be just another rep company. What what makes you stand out? How do you stay stick to the mission, stick to the style, stick to the name, but also expand your dancers' palette? So, yeah. What, who was the first, while you were in the company, like what was the first piece that was brought in from the past? So um, it was Doug Verone's piece, uh, Strict Love, mm -hmm. that um, he did a couple, like I think in the 80s or the 90s he did it. And then he also brought in BB's BB Miller's work. I forget the name of it, but it was so full out and so much partnering and modern dance, honey. Modern dance down. So was this on the latest show that solo, the mm -hmm. BB solo, was that the second BB Miller the second, piece? Yes, exactly. it was really tremendous. Oh my god, Jesus! It was. It, I was like, also to see Tamisha and Kat. They are incredible. They're stunning. But to all, just to see that layer of them on that stage, I was like, I haven't never seen this. And you guys, you just they just amplify what I already felt about them. Like you guys right. are incredible. Like, I mean, seeing that structure in Kyle's show, you really understood then like how it informs both what he makes and how it enriches <clears throat> what the dancers are doing in his own work. So I think like Kyle has found a solution to this sort of conundrum. But and is also doing it while he's alive. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which is good. That's a great point because <clears throat> I love Graham, but Martha's not alive and they're doing they're doing such great artists, but I'm like, how would Martha feel? We don't know that. Right, what is it about? What is it about? Like but I love that they are also putting these choreographers on platforms to work with Martha Graham. I'm like, I'm happy for like uh Bay and Asa. They're they're um this these two new choreographers who, who? Bay and Asa. Bay and Asa? Yeah. Bay. Bay. Spell that. B A Y E. Bay. Yeah. And they made a work on um, Martha Graham as well as Annie Rigney. And I have so much appreciation for Martha, Martha, Martha Graham uh, institution. Martha, Martha Graham. Martha, Martha, honey. <laughs> Martha, Mother Mary. Up in here. Um, giving them an opportunity to make work on these prestigious dancers that only you assume to do um, Martha Graham work. So, yeah. Interesting. Jeremy? Yeah, I think it's, I mean, I first, my first thought was sort of economically, how does, how do these things work? Like, thinking about, um, like, ha having a company sustaining, like, having, paying people and benefits and all these dynamics, and does it help to have, like, a kind of bigger, uh, of works to kind of put forward to do more shows kind of more easily in a way um, mm -hmm. but then also I don't know what it costs to like commission and you know all those things cost money as well so I don't know um, but cer certainly in terms of like a lineage history communal thing I think it's really great it's almost like the opposite of the Martha Graham company where like as you said Martha's dead and mm -hmm. it, because there's kind of like they're almost it's almost like a vampire like trying to keep 
alive off of like the living but you're dead so it's like the opposite of that of like being alive and living off of you know it's like what is that called like a like a like a vulture you know living off the dead in this other way which i think is is like a kind of amazing it's it's a bigger opportunity to bring stuff that isn't able to kind of have its own company or like continue putting itself into the world and using the fact that you have a company of dancers that have like almost assuredly skills beyond what any single choreographer wants to use and to bring in these other worlds that also create this dialogue with what the kind of choreographer is doing um with this this kind of center piece choreographer um seems great and I also think of like I love what I love about going to New York City ballet or like the ballet I guess in general is is like these kind of split bill dynamics of like seeing three different choreographers next to each other and the sense of you could just keep shuffling all the dances and have different experiences and learn right. new things about each dance just by proximity to other dances. So that right. kind of friction between performances is also really thrilling. Yeah, I'm thinking about it in relationship to like a museum space mm-hmm. where you know there's so many different ways mm-hmm. of curating a group of of pieces where like you can pair old and new things or you can have an exhibition of like purely old things by one artist or by two artists in conversation with one another and the museum sort of the museum structure has to continue thinking about like what came before what's happening now and then cultivating a future for other artists and it is like those containers that have support and a name that give kind of support Mm-hmm. to making things and I think the thing that's strange about Kyle's company is that Kyle is somehow Kyle has achieved this in his lifetime still being very young and already having an institution that supports dancers mm-hmm. and also supports like creation and a container to look at the past and we don't really have that in New York outside of the like main name recognition companies that are like Martha Graham, Trisha Brown. I don't know what's going on over at the Limon company, but they seem to persist. Um, <laughs> Alvin Ailey. It's a little, you know, it's it's not it's not easy with the modern dance companies. It's not even that easy with the ballet companies because yeah. ABT is always struggling financially. Yeah. I know. But um, Kyle has seemed to like both, he's looked at those structures and then also found a new way to proceed forward and be able to support dancers which is like that seems to be the conundrum and you now outside of that structure cj you find yourself in the conundrum of what to do as a dancer Mm -hmm. who's not contained Mm -hmm. by a supportive structure Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do keep going (laughs) keep absorbing um see more work so I can know what I want to do. I, like, now I have the opportunity to not tour so much and really just sit and see so many things and really understand what where else do I want, how else do I want to expand myself? What else do I need to absorb? What I, what I need to see? That's, like, my... That's been my goal. Who can I work for to keep increasing my artistic knowledge? And, yeah. Yeah, and I... And it's funny enough, I learned that from Kyle, because, like, when Kyle would... Uh, when he wasn't working with us and he was doing these commissions everywhere else, he would come back and he just knew so much more. And I'm like, you know so much more, and it's, and it's because you expanded yourself. And I grabbed onto that. I absorbed that immediately. I was like, I want to expand myself. And I and it, it is um, branching out, putting myself in different spaces. Um, because ultimately, I want to make work at some... I am making work and will want to make work part of my longevity as an artist and I have to just figure out all the recipes I saw so, that you did a work at Shea Bushwick yes. that Catherine Kerr curated yes um so that yeah Kat <clears throat> had a show at Shea Bushwick and um she asked me to be a part of it as well as Shabar Montario and Carmel, Carmel Smalls and um I showed like a duet that I had been making with this amazing dancer Rakeem Hardy who's also from Purchase. Purchase, Purchase, baby! <laughs> and, um... <laughs> but 
but the duet was created um, for a show at Arts on Site. And Catherine happened to ask us when we were like really in need of feedback. So we so we were like, oh my God, perfect. We can show the work here, get some feedback, and then work on it some more, and then have our showing at Arts on Site. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, it's crazy to me. It shouldn't be crazy, but sometimes I think that like, <laughs> like that doesn't exist anymore because mm. like I as a young freelance dancer in New York, like I was performing at Shea Bushwick and like arts on site and then but now I'm like that's over. Mm. But it's nice to hear it's not. Oh, it's full for I got it's going to a show tomorrow at Arts on Like Arts on Site is um Chelsea and Jessica Smith. They are literally like they have elevated from my perspective, I think they've really elevated uh arts on site and really I don't know, I just feel like when I'm like your age or even older, I'm going to be like... <laughs> it doesn't get much more. <laughs> I'm going to just feel like Arts on Site was the place. Exactly how you're saying this. I'm going to feel like I'm going to be explaining it in that way too. Arts on Site was the place to show work. like, and Yeah, because they support. They have really nice support. So you're finding your way into these like freelancer supportive structures yeah. to show and be involved in work. Right. Do you feel there's enough? There's enough what? Hmm... I know, that's a big question. Mm. There's enough... Do you feel like you can support a life in New York as a just a dancer? Or are you like going to find other ways to support yourself? For me, I think I can... I know I can support myself as a dancer. Wow. As, as just... Confidence. I, I know that for myself. But I also know it ranges for everybody. And... Yeah, it ranges for, it ranges for everybody because of just like where you started. Because I started in AIM, so that reputation and also just uh, my, my because of my reputation of working with Kyle, I was able to leave and people understand where I come from and understand that I stayed for five years, so I must have been good vibes. So 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 like he's not he's not trouble. He's not a crazy guy. Um. So yeah. So I believe that, but trust me, it's all it's. I have to hustle and it's very much ebb and flow. There are days I'm like, how am I going to do this? And then all of a sudden I do this and it, I, I'm able to go to the next step. But I'm saying I can support myself as a dancer, but it's hard as hell. And is that, hmm, I understand, well, as someone who was a freelance dancer in New York, you know, between, I don't know, long ago, I did many things to support myself that weren't dancing, which were like figure modeling and catering and like doing office work for people. But the, I never, I don't think I ever was like, I want to go over to like the European structure where I know there's going to be a different kind of support to live and be supported as a dancer. But is that something you're thinking about? Yeah. And it's a, I am because it's another um, add on to just, the absorption I want to do like I want to understand how are y'all being I know how but what makes y'all get so much support from your government like I dance in Europe is seen as a part of humanity as here it's seen as just entertainment I feel sometimes and I'm like I want to go there to understand and absorb it but and then bring it back and figure out a way to just put that in our system like or explain it so it's like supported so I do want to go there just to just get the knowledge of what is going on over here, but be low key though. And how do you do that nowadays? You just go take a plane and you go to auditions. <laughs> how do you do that? How do you get over there? You send a video. Child, you you re, well. What I so I went uh, so after I left Kyle's company, I immediately like uh, right before I left, I reached out to a bunch of different. Uh, people that dance in companies that I've admired. So like Leon Ballet and Basil Ballet and um, Ballet Flanders and um, Ballet Geneva. And I was just like super interested in all those companies. And then I uh, reached out to the dancers there and the dancers hit me uh, contacts of like administration people that can then get me into the classes and Mm -hmm. see if I can do an audition or something like that. And um, so that's how I went about that. Have, did you already go? I already went. Yeah, I went. Where is it? I went in October, uh, November, October, October. Did it go okay? It did. It went really well. I didn't get a job out of anything, but oh, I no. But I very much like. We don't like that story. <laughs> we don't like that story. Yeah. No. I um, like the positive spin you're putting on. It, <laughs> yeah, because because <laughs> I I ultimately won't give up. I I am gonna get there. I but it's also like I I didn't know what I was getting into. And I had some really amazing experiences. I got some crazy experiences there where. 
I was like, oh, like, I don't know. It, it, the, I almost feel like I won just by doing the experience. I, I didn't get anything, but I, the experience alone taught me so much about myself and about um, the communication I have to have to get to what I want to get to. Are you going to go through the process again? At some point, yeah. Yeah. You're one of the best dancers in New York, so I... Stop! If you can't make, you can't make it here... Wait, what's this phrase? <laughs> if you can make it here... Oh. You can make uh, it if you can anywhere. Make it exactly. You can make it, you anywhere. Can make it anywhere. anywhere. Um, and you will. Yeah. And you'll be right with me. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, okay, so what else do we want to talk about, CJ? Uh, do you have a question? Uh, I do. Mm-hmm. So, Jeremy, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, do you have a favorite, you don't dance, but do you have a favorite dance company? In, oh, it, in, this is fun. In this New York or, I love this for in Jeremy. New York or maybe in America or, let's say, let's say in New York, then let's say in America, and then let's say in the world. Um, no. Well, why don't, why don't you, <laughs> I think the better question for Jeremy is like, what are your like most favorite dance viewership experiences? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, interesting. This is well. You know, we're just coming off this tremendous Beth Gill performance. Beth Gill. Beth mm. Gill's. Long Where was time that performed at? At Bard College. At, at the Fisher Center um, at Bard, and we saw it, and then we talked about it for an hour. It was mm. very meaningful. Mm. And, and of course, Pam Tanowitz. We yeah. love. Um, specifically, <laughs> I do feel like Goldberg variations was is still kind of. I think that's or or Bartok Ballet is probably like a toss up between those two. Celia and Bartok. Bartok Bella Bartok is a composer, but she made a piece on New York City Ballet called Bartok Ballet gotcha. to like very challenging Bella Bartok music. Mm. Yeah, um, it's qu- quite a moment at the New York City Ballet. Come on, Pam, always. <laughs> Killing it. Oh, this is, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, the thing is, I don't really care about dance. Okay. That's the T. Like, <laughs> like in the same, but in the same way that I don't really care about art in general. Like, I don't, I don't, like, if someone makes a thing, I don't really care unless it, like, does something for me like I so like I you know I think Reed has a much bigger capacity to like appreciate steps or like uh, lineage of dance like information kind of internal dance uh, knowledge in that way I if it if it doesn't like hit me emotionally then I don't, I'm not, I'm a bit resentful of the experience. Right. I mean, what you're talking about is why I'm often interested to hear what you have to say about a dance performance, because your experience is so different in terms of how you're looking at the work. And so it's good for me to like be able to be in conversation with someone who doesn't have so much dance history in their body, mm-hmm. who's looking at it through a more kind of aesthetic lens. And it yeah. helps me sort yeah. of step away from what I'm dealing with historically in my own body. Yeah, because I'm, like, I'm not impressed by, like, feats, because I don't know about... I don't. I mean, it all looks impossible to me, so it kind of is a... You know, it's like, well, that's crazy that you're doing anything with your body like this. So, but, but I don't, you know, like, jumping really high or far or whatever, I'm like... <laughs> okay, I don't know. Um, so right. if it, unless it's like for a purpose that's like felt in the form of the thing, then I'm and like, I, well, yeah, that is doing this thing. I think looking at work now because I've been you know in conversation with not only you but many people who are kind of arriving at dance in different ways. Like I'm looking at dance in a way where now it's it's more important to me that the piece as a whole kind of do something as opposed to just like the steps or the performers it's like it's a bigger thing now it's like the container itself has to arrive at something as opposed to just like 
an excellent sequence of moves to music. Like that's yeah. not so interesting to me anymore. Yeah, the goal is is to transcend the the paint or the steps or the sound or you know whatever. It's it's to arrive at something that is beyond all of that. Right. But, but through it, through those things. So if if there's like a sense that that's not even being attempted then I get resentful. Like even attempting to like find some some kind of like new expression or some some unknown secret secret place. That's right. that's what I, you know, and maybe it's like not a secret to me, you know? <laughs> like they've just found something that I've already seen. Um but there's you can feel kind of the the searching and that's so that feels really crucial to me. The kind of uh, the seeking some kind of new mm. new landscape mm. that's so interesting that you say that when after our Cunningham class we talked about just dance in general and Reed said something that stuck to me so hardcore oh, and it no, made me I'm think scared. about no it was great <laughs> you were, we were talking about um, we were talking about just how specific choreographers here Kyle Pam uh, they're how they're they're so smart about their work. Obviously, their work has a voice and has their voice in it and the vocabulary and all that. But they're also trickling in things from the last work. They're also seeing mm-hmm. things to know what is affecting people and putting it in their work, but through their perspective. And that I think that's what's make work smart and what makes going to see work so important. It's like what what information are you going to give me that uh, mm-hmm. that'll wake me up? That'll make me question or make me go ooh and ah like watching Kyle's show that I heard mm, 20,000 times in that audience and it was mainly because mm. he had all these recipes <laughs> in it of references that the audience was able to connect to but also be cease but they're also saying something new yeah and and yeah reads at this and I was like oh that's so yeah. smart like they're seeing things that they've seen before they're putting in their perspective but they're also trickling in things that they've done before um, so yeah, right. It's not just like dance artists coming in and like trying to invent moves. Yeah, uh-huh. it's people who are like a part of a their own personal practice that's also informed by art in general and what's going on in the world, and they're remaining curious and like seeing work, seeing other kinds of performance making and visual art making and music, etc., and bringing all that together to be a part of their own sort of personal practice and when you can go see a dance show where you have a history of viewership with that person and you also feel kind of cared for Mm -hmm. as an audience member in terms of like you get to feel a part of their practice in a way and that's ultimately what I'm craving like that's why seeing Beth's piece felt so meaningful I think because after seeing I mean, we t- literally talked about it for 5,000 hours. Uh, like the, uh, our podcast audience is like, stop. <laughs> <laughs> but um, ultimately, it just like feels meaningful when you feel connected to the artist with because you have an understanding of where they're coming from and you're curious about what they're now thinking about. Mm. And it's a surprise. Mm. Um, is that wrong, Jeremy? No, I think that's I think that's right. But I also thought of like the dynamic of making work that is itself something. You know, the the dynamic of people who don't have the history of of that choreographers or artists work still having access to the to what they're seeing because it has its own formal integrity that can right, be experienced right, right. sort of externally to the these other works. Right, which is a really tricky. I mean, it's it's like a hard thing to even hold, like (laughs) the importance of kind of uh, integrity of like a single piece, while also the thrills and pleasures of uh, a relationship to other other things. But that's 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 the nature of things, I guess, as well. So. Yeah, last night you'll see on Saturday, but I'll just briefly talk about the new work on the Trisha Brown program that Judith made which I you'll I mean we'll talk about it next week but 
I was struck. This is a choreographer whose work I've never seen, but I had seen her dance in the Trisha Brown Dance Company, and I was struggling with wanting to understand more, like how she was in conversation with Trisha through this work, which to me like feels super important when you're working with a company that is calling itself something. But maybe it's not. I don't know. We'll discuss next week. Mm. I'm confused about it. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had a question. I it's it's about I'm in ways repeating myself, but I just want to hear how you guys feel about this quote because it's been in my head since we've been talking. Everything's been done before, but how do you see it in your eyes, through your eyes? How do you mm. feel about that quote? Right. It's like that Balanchine thing. It's just like it's the same quote, but it's different language where he said like there are no new steps only new combinations um pam has a thing she says about this which is like she doesn't think that's necessarily true or she does think that's true but i can't remember (laughs) (laughs) one of the other yeah well i think i think it is both true and false i think that there's a there's a sense or maybe even like a physical reality i don't know i mean I guess it's also that steps don't really exist. They're kind of like uh, compound words or something. Like you can you can reformulate everything into something else. You know, sort of linguistically, just like start speaking a different way, which doesn't mean a different mm. language necessarily, but just kind of organizing things differently, and then they're not the same. So you could say everything is everything or everything is nothing it's it's (laughs) sort of how you choose to like place things together i mean that literally is what choreography is it's just putting stuff next to other stuff i mean it's kind of everything so um but this idea that like the job is to invent some kind of uh never before seen (laughs) thing uh, which isn't isn't just isn't the goal because there has to be some kind of continuity with what our our past experience is for something to have meaning. So it's it really is. In this is like such a central thing that I've seen with Pam's work of of like taking things and playing with them and seeing what happens. It's mm. not it's not this idea of like inventing but kind of uh reorganizing and seeing what happens kind of emotionally through the formal reorganizing and somehow always managing to be extremely contemporary which is this like word that's gotten really jumbled up in dance but contemporary in that she's always thinking about what she has in that moment. The dancer she has, the space that she has, the place it will be. Like, those things are so central to her work that they make the work inherently contemporary. Mm -hmm. It exists in its moment. Yeah, you can't set out to be... You don't, like, try to be contemporary. Literally, you know, it's just... It's a fact of, like, you're alive now, so you are contemporary. It's about trusting your your sense of things right and I think CJ and I were touching on this a little bit a couple weeks ago when I was talking about this kind of one kind of European dance that calls itself contemporary but it is this sort of vapid dance that exists in like fancy black boxes and it is always just this like quest to like move the body in this kind of like very sophisticated flowing way and it's like yeah, but this is not contemporary. This is just moves right. that we've already seen. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of confirmed style, which is a kind of death. Like it is, <laughs> it is like I'm gonna do that thing. It's pre. This is the, this is the lack of searching. It's the eye mm. roll. It's the kind of cringe. It's you're like, wait, we've already we've done this. Like now right, you're like doing where it are more. We? You're See, just doing more of it, which is like feels capitalist. 
see, this is triggering just my brain in terms of European dance and American dance. I feel that, uh-huh. I feel that uh, in Europe, you can get away with really doing anything, and it doesn't matter, like, yeah, you can get away with making anything, whether it's good or bad, but here in America, especially in New York, if your piece is not good, or if your piece is not showing um, some form of nuance that shows you're different, you are you are not going to make it, and, but, but also in Europe, they're, 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 uh, supported by the government so they really can make whatever but here if our piece is not looking good we are not getting supported and so it's just so it's so interesting it's yeah just, i'm like yeah they can well, make the, whatever the dynamic is sort of as long as you're making something you're getting money from the government right here and it's I, like if good Good luck getting anyone to pay you anything to do anything. That, oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we often return to Pam to kind of illustrate ideas on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But Pam is a person who her curiosity and interest in making dance transcended the need to survive. Mm-hmm. Because she found ways to survive. She had a family, she had a job, and then she, what she was really curious about and what her practice was, was making dance. And she was lucky enough and privileged enough to be able to do that outside of kind of the need for support. Mm. But she was interested enough to just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. And then one day... Mm. Well, also doing it, doing it meant like one show a year, you know, or maybe, you know, like for her, it was like this this continued art practice that she continued develop continued developing it was very personal it wasn't about like needing to succeed or needing presenters or whomever she didn't need to deliver the product that they wanted it was basically like dance had to arrive at a place where it has become interested in pam's work for mm. pam to make money from it mm. but that wasn't the the goal at the, the beginning right that wasn't what was propelling her mm. well i would also say that I suspect that part of the timeline is that also Pam had to make herself clear. And part of that is by producing work over a period of time for people to start so that people can have those aha moments or like, you know, that, that, that sense of recognition of like, oh, this is who this person is. Or like, oh, yeah, th- these, are, these are different new things that we haven't seen before. Like part of that is by, by putting your work out and creating a, a style of sorts. Um, yeah. And the, the more kind of uh, exploratory you are, the harder that can be to get across. Because they're like, well, you made this thing, and now you're making this thing? What are you doing? So. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like, just Pam do the is... same thing over and over again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Interesting. Anyways, CJ, any more questions? Uh, <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. It's so funny. Last night I went to a uh, like a fundraiser gala for this um, dance collective called Body Sonnet. Body Sonnet, and my roommate is part of it. And uh, it's oh, a... we need you. We you know things that we do not. Know. Oh, word, word. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> but last night at the fundraiser, I was talking to somebody, and I always I I love talking to people and asking questions. And one of the this guy Gabe Gabe Katz was really awesome. He was like, "You should have a podcast." And in my head, I'm thinking, "I'm going tomorrow. Let's speak on it." This is this is the beginning for you. You know how easy it is to have a podcast. How easy? This easy. Lit- well, <laughs> Jeremy is very kind and and makes it go online. Okay, okay. But okay. I even I stupid me barely can use a phone. <laughs> I spent. 50 episodes just putting it online myself. Oh, shit. Yeah. I would record into my phone and just yeah, plop just, it online. Just Google it. It's, it's really easy. <laughs> what is it? Do you... It's Anchor? It's Anchor? Anchor is now podcasting. It's something like podcasters for Spotify. It's a Spotify Oh, okay. Podcasts for Spotify. Now. It's really easy. Mm. You just have boop, boop, boop. It's cold. Yeah. Publish. But I want a friend. I, like, would need you every day with me to be like... No, I already have a podcast. I know. <laughs> so I got to find a buddy uh, so we can go back and forth. Uh. You have friends, don't you? I have good friends. We'll yeah. listen to your podcast so we can understand about young life. Ooh, what if we did a thing if we, like, drop breadcrumbs for your podcast? Absolutely. Drop, Thank you. And we just, like... Absolutely. We'll be in conversation via space. Oh, my God. See? Everything's <laughs> been done before, but not that. Um... <laughs> Are you watching Dead Ringers? Never heard of that. That's okay. 
Um, Did you watch Jury Duty? I okay, literally. So, um, oh my god, I this is gonna be a long story short. I'm guessing right now with Doug Verone's company. And you are, yeah, yeah. Well, you're famous. No, you're famous. No, yeah. But I love, I love the company so much. And one of the dancers, Diana, she was like, "You should watch Jury Duty. You'll love it." And all the other dancers were like, "Yes, watch it, watch it." I watched it with my roommate, and the whole time I was like, "What is this?" Like, I was, I was confused. Did you miss the first episode? I watched the first episode. That's the only thing I watched was the first <laughs> okay. episode, and I was like, "Yes, it." There all actors but i'm like there's no way this man believe like th- I, i'm like he's an actor he he we, he started drinking the sauce i'm like you know this is fake it, it's just or unless he's like super gullible because something about it seemed i don't know i'm just like this this i think he is occasionally aware that something's strange mm. but what he what you find out later is that he's been told he's basically answered an ad okay to be paid a small amount of money to be involved in a documentary style series about jury duty. Right. But the jury is real and everyone involved is also like a real person who's participating in this little documentary okay. filming. So it's he already weird. knows that there it's like one step removed okay. from being normal. Mm. And I think that's why he's I mean there's cameras, right? So he knows that. Mm-hmm. He's being filmed. He's being filmed, yeah. But also he is just like so lovely. He he is lovely because he gives me um <laughs> his like his softness makes me think of Zach Gonder. Oh, Just, oh my! I'm gonna see Zach wow. today. Really? Yeah. Are you saying perform more on Saturday? Yeah, but okay, I'm gonna word. do a costume fitting today. Uh, that's my we, boy. You love him. We love everybody. Love loves him. Love oh my god! We all love him. Uh, he's been on the podcast. Really? Yeah. I would love. I just listened to that. <laughs> I, Jesus. Could, I could not tell you what episode it was. <laughs> Um, but yeah, his uh, his demeanor is so he's he's like he's kind and calm and yeah, like the man on the show. I'm like he wow. is like the man on the show. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> he is like the man. Just on going the with show. the flow. I'm like okay. He is. Wow, incredible. Zach would be the perfect person to put on jury. Oh show. yeah, <laughs> and also like yeah. you know, he's ready for to be on camera <laughs> any day, any moment, any second. Also, please see. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're gonna see Illinois when Zach does Illinois. I'm doing the costume. Oh, <laughs> come on! You famous. You famous, baby. We're both famous in this room, but honestly, <laughs> podcast famous. podcast listeners, see, we didn't say enough about CJ, and CJ's not saying enough about themselves. But <laughs> CJ is, in fact, one of New York's best dancers. CJ, and do you is have like, uh, uh, performances coming up? I I do. I'm performing on Friday in Connecticut. I'm doing um, a solo for this festival. And then um, that's my last show in New York before I leave for the summer. But that's that's on Friday in Connecticut if you want to come to Connecticut. With <laughs> Doug? With no, the... just by myself. Just like just by doing a little solo. When are you dancing for Doug? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Um, I just started and we're in creation right now for something that's supposed to happen next spring. So, oh my god! Okay, never mind. Right, you can right, talk right. about that on your podcast. Yes. <laughs> um. Wow. Well, CJ, it's been one real. of the greatest dancers in New York. Stop. Wow. It has been a pleasure to have you here. Oh, yeah, I love thank you. you so much. We love you too. And Jeremy, I can't wait to come, meet you on Saturday. Come, yeah. Isn't that nice? That's that's a wild. nice coincidence. That. Yeah. Um. Wow. What's to be with young people <laughs> who have a different perspective? You graduated in two thousand. 17. 17. I would have graduated had I not dropped out. Uh, no, no, no. 2002, doll. Ooh. 2002. Jesus. Yeah, 15. So, um, <laughs> at any rate, you have a long, beautiful life ahead of you. Word. Right? Yeah. I do. You'll yeah. be back on the pod. Yeah, oh, yeah. Come back, come be... back whenever. Whenever you Yeah, you, like can, you can be our young people correspondent. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. <laughs> that makes me think about... Um, uh, Jabuki, Jabuki Young White on Trevor Noah's yeah. podcast. Uh-huh. Oh, or, or his show. He was the the young correspondent. Jabuki is a a comedian who you can find all over the podcast universe. He's yeah. awesome. He's from Chicago too. Awesome dude. I don't know him, but awesome guy. Jabuki, Chicago, Chicago. Great people from Chicago. JoJo, Rena. I, oh all my the god. Zach, um, JoJo and Zach, also yes. friends of the pod. I can't believe yes. we haven't had Rena on. Oh, you have. Oh, come on. You got to get Riri. I know we really should have Rena on. I saw her on the street. The I've, other day. I've never really, oh, really been to Chicago. We should go to Chicago. Get there. Oh, it's great. Not in the winter, but get there. Also, it's like one of the best looking cities in the world. 
It's so handsome. It's one of the most <laughs> handsome cities. Yeah, isn't it just? Yes, yeah, come on, Chi-Town. All Chi-Town's day. Chi-Town's lucky. It all burned down, and they had to rebuild it with, oh. with a plan. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> God. All right, everybody. Well, CJ has to go to work. I have to go to work. Jeremy, back to, what are back you to do? work, everyone. Wait, so Jeremy, next week we'll talk about Dead Ringers. Did you finish? No, I'm still. I think I've done four episodes. I've rewatched them all. I've watched every episode twice that I've watched. I've had to watch episodes, parts of episodes multiple times because I keep falling asleep. Oh. But mm. I've, I've been very sleepy and I got to the end and I'm done. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, I did watch um, Showing Up, which I also... Showing Up. We should that? discuss. The oh, that's the Baker Kelly... Film. Okay. Great. We have so much to talk about that I won't be able to remember because it will have been too long. <laughs> I know. Um, but CJ, wow. To have a guest. Thank you for having me here. I just love you. Appreciate you so much. We love you too. Uh, and, um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes. Wow, we're here to support you uh, in any way we can. Stop. Yeah, just let us know when you want to come back and tell us. Give us the tea on what's happening out there. Gotcha. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. If you okay, want to, like, we, you know, revenge on anyone or, you know. Oh, no, please. I don't have that in my heart. I could never. <laughs> oh, God, no. Only love. Kill with kindness. Yeah. Oh, that's the best revenge. I want to feel that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jeremy. All right. Until next week, we loves you. We loves you. Bye.